Hey everybody, welcome to the Boozy Bracketology Podcast. My name is Chris, and this is just a heads up. We took the month of December off from recording. We do have material for you here. We hope you enjoy these two mini brackets. These brackets were actually first posted over on our Patreon-exclusive feed. So for the month of January, you're going to have the best Nirvana song bracket. It is a 16-seed bracket. And then for the second half, we're going to go back into movies. We're going to be looking at the best Kevin Smith movie. We got some passionate people here ready to debate. We hope you enjoy the show. We'll be back with brand new full 32 seed brackets in February. For now, enjoy Nirvana. annoying you yet chris oh no i love that <laughs> oh shit <laughs> everybody i need to start with an apology here i should not have decided to start this episode with an awesome version of mike mott singing and strumming the guitar like kurt cobain but that's how we started this episode you know what sarah and jeff were not here for that they decided to take a beer break and I'm curious to know what they have in their glass. And let's start with Sarah. Sarah, what did you grab? Oh, Sarah got bit by the mute button. Did you guys see that? There's a big old mute button that just bit her in the face. Oh, no. Well, I'm upset about two things now. I'm upset about the mute button, and I'm upset that I missed Mike's introduction. I caught the tail end of it, and it was heavenly. <laughs> like the beer that I'm drinking that I ran to the fridge to get. This is a Great Basin Brewery Wild Horse Amber Ale. I've got a six-pack of this, and these choices are getting harder, and I'm feeling anxiety and panicking, so I had to keep with what I know best, which is one of my favorite beers, so the Wild Horse Amber Ale. And the Wild Horse Amber Ale is the preferred beverage of some people that drink at Great Basin Brewery in Reno, Nevada. Neither here nor there, Mike. What do you think about your performance? Critique it for us, please. Uh, well, first off, it took me about three go-arounds through the verse progression to remember exactly the chord sequence because it's been so damn long since I played that song. Um, all things considered, I it could have been worse. <laughs> uh, and I should and I should have realized. Oh yeah, Chris is recording this shit. This might not be the best idea to just try and annoy Chris with this, but but oh well. <laughs> but uh, I am right there with Sarah. Uh, that I think these choices are getting different, difficult, and uh, not that they were, you know, just walks in the park in the first round. But uh, last round, uh, I had a. 10 and a half alcohol by volume beer. That was the strongest beer that I had on hand. So this time I'm going for now. What is the strongest beer that I have on hand? Uh, speaking of, of Amber ales, this is an Imperial Amber ale, another four pack I'm killing. Uh, I think I had uh, another one of these on the nineties uh, alt rock bracket. Cause I remember Jeff commenting about me stealing brewery or uh, beverage names from his neck of the woods, but this is the tobacco road 
uh, out of Yellow Hammer Brewing, which is a uh, brewery here in Huntsville. It's delicious. It is, again, heavy on the ABV. I might need it. Now, as Mike explains to me what ABV means, I'm going to let Jeff talk. Hi. Uh, I um, guess uh, I am currently drinking. I'm actually double fisting for this round because I got <laughs> two half drinks. Uh, my uh, my keg of R&D's uh, West Coast IPA, which uh, I spoke about at length uh, in the previous episode, is still new and thus foamy as hell. So I only got a half uh, a half a beer of it. Uh, R&D Brewing is about two miles from my house here in Raleigh, North Carolina, which uh, I believe makes it either the seventh or eighth closest brewery to my house. Uh, the other thing I am uh, filling out my uh, alcohol consumption with today is a nice uh, half shot of Calvados from uh, Normandy in France. It's a uh, kind of apple brandy that uh, they brew up there. It's a light, uh, very apple apple brandy um, that's, uh, that's quite delicious. If you have a chance to pick up some Calvados, I, I, I quite recommend it. Well, I'm adding that to my shopping list as I am firmly reminded of the fact that for some reason, state capitals seem to have really good brewery and alcohol selections in them. I wonder if there's a connection. Neither here nor there. Totally not true of Montgomery. I'm just throwing that out there. Well, we're also second fiddle to a city that's about four and a half hours away in the far western portion of our state in terms of <laughs> beer consumption and beer presence. So oh, yeah. uh, we have nothing on Asheville. <laughs> Your order tonight is going to be Sarah, then Mike, then Jeff. And we're going to start it off with our four seed, the man who sold the world, taking on the one seed. Smells like teen spirit. Sarah, cast your vote. I am going to go into this very swiftly because I feel if I think too much about it, I might change my mind. I am giving my vote to Smells Like Teen Spirit. I feel like it didn't get the credit deserved in the 90s alt bracket. I think Mike said it best when it is the the start of the, the grunge music. It's just, I, I don't think that you can beat it. Whenever you think of the grunge period, you think like smells like Teen Spirit. I rock out every time it's on. I don't want to discredit Man Who Sold the World. I think it's an amazing song. I voted for it the last round. Dave Grohl's turtleneck just can't get me to go to the other side. So I've got to go smells like Teen Spirit. Smells like Teen Spirit picks up his first vote. Mike, what do you think? I think out of the four Elite Eight matchups, this is actually the easiest one. And the only thing, for me at least, and the only thing that makes it easy is simply the fact of one of these is a Nirvana song and the other one is a cover. And Nirvana very much makes it their own. Don't get me wrong. I spoke about that in the previous round. I think that uh, their version of Man Who Sold the World really probably eclipses the David Bowie version. Sorry to all the Bowie fans out there. I love Bowie, but I just think the Nirvana version of this song in particular, this is such a great choice for that set list and for that band. Um, it's an awesome cover, but Smells Like Teen Spirit is everything nirvana's i want to say it's not everything that nirvana is bringing to the table but it encapsulate the essence of nirvana in uh in just five minutes like just bangs it out just like it you know it's got that start it starts off it's just the guitar and then like but 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 like i mean think about the way the drums just suddenly come in and like you know and that was, that was the first song that dave grohl had record i don't know if it was the first it was the first album song that dave Grohl had recorded the drums for and it's just it just had that he just had that extra oomph behind the guitars that just or behind the behind the guitars behind the drums it just has that pounding thing the way that that song brings you in it takes you through like the progression of nirvana as a band in a nutshell in that song it's such a great introduction to that album to that band to that entire really movement that was uh the early 90s alternative movement that was it had really started in the 80s but it was finally coming 
into its own. Uh, I think you got to give it to Smells Like Teen Spirit here. Uh, Man Who Sold the World still a fantastic cover, but Smells Like Teen Spirit's got to move on. Smells Like Teen Spirit is moving on. Jeff, are Sarah and Mike correct? Yes. And uh, <laughs> I want to I want to say uh, say one thing here real quick. I, I, I realized I may have stuck my foot in my mouth a little bit earlier when I said that uh, that the talking about Raleigh and Asheville's beer cultures that I want to I, I want to I, I give my hometown credit here. Uh, we we, uh, we have some pretty solid beer here. I don't want to say that we're nowhere near Asheville. I'm sorry, Raleigh. But if you are listening to this from my hometown, please, uh, please forgive me. Uh, anyway, I love living here. I live about five blocks north of NC State, which means I live around a bunch of college students, uh, people who at this point were born Don't say around it. 9-11. <laughs> people who were born seven or eight years at least after Nevermind came out. And so when I'm walking down the street one day and, you know, there's some college students rocking out to a song and they've got their windows down. And then as they're driving by, I realize, holy shit, that smells like teen spirit. They're rocking out to they I mean, it's an intergenerational uh, message that it, it, it's, it's this universal teenager complaint and uh it's a song that's so great that when sailors driving down the street that's my 13 year old almost 13 year old driving down the street blasting a song it'll probably be this one then her kids will probably blast it and so on and so on and so on i mean you can imagine uh several generations from now we're just uh the raw power of this song is just possessing generation after generation of teenagers and never letting them go, even as they get into their upper thirties as I am myself. So, um, just for that universality, uh, it may not be the best Nirvana song. It may not be the, the encapsulation of everything wonderful about the band, but it's still a great goddamn song. And, you still cannot listen to it without rocking the fuck out and banging your steering wheel if you happen to be driving. <laughs> so, yeah, give it the sweep. Smells like Teen Spirit gets a sweep, and we have finally earned our explicit tag. Thank you, Jeff. We are moving on. We have got your three seed of In Bloom versus your two seed of Lithium, and listening to the way you talked about this prior, I know this one's going to be tearing some people apart. Well, fortunately, Sarah's giving me this this gritty look, and I don't think she's ready to make a decision. Sarah, it's not your turn yet. We're going to start this off with Mike. Well, speaking of banging on the steering wheel, ah, when In Bloom comes on, it has that you know that that drum part at the very beginning, ba 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 ba, like that. Oh gosh, every time I think. I think part of my love for that comes from the fact that it was on one of the rock band games. And I always wanted to play the drums on that one. Just like, like I cannot drum for shit. I really can't play guitar for shit, but I at least can claim to be a guitarist. (laughs) Like I, like my, my foot never gets to the rhythm and stuff like that. But let me tell you right now, when in bloom comes on, I can hit that boom, boom, boom thing. Like, cause it's just so cool. Meanwhile, lithium has this awesome groove to it. It's not as much of a of a banger. It's more until it gets to the chorus, in which it's really hard to argue that it's not that it's not a rock and rock song. R a w k, but it do, it does have a little more of a groove to it. I love the way Novoselic's bass sounds underneath the guitar. I mean, do do do. It's it's these are two fantastic songs in terms of singles i would actually say uh i i I don't don't want to get into that conversation in terms of the overall nevermind album but these are both excellent songs and they both have great lyrics too i mean like the when you get to the choruses of both these songs i think the choruses 
are what is ultimately going to do it for me because in bloom, I think the chorus of in bloom encapsulates, even though it might be a little bit internal for Cobain, it's universal for any songwriter And it's that whole idea of he's the one who likes all our pretty songs and he likes to sing along, but he knows not what it means. It's this except it's 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 both an acceptance and a raging against the notion of people are going to take my songs and they're going to pull whatever meaning they have out of it. And and it 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 does capture that difficulty as a songwriter of you're really trying to impart a certain thing. But once it's out of your hands, it's out of your hands and other people are going to take it and and do whatever they will with it, as so many people have done with Kurt Cobain's lyrics over the years. I I think that's what's going to do it for me. These are two fantastic songs. And I even though I even though I did play lithium, you know, for Chris, because just because gave me the opportunity to go. Yeah. uh, In his ear. I am going to give my vote to In Bloom. In Bloom picks up its first vote. We are bringing this one over to Jeff. So a while back, and I really forget who introduced this song to me in college, but it was some one of the, 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 my college friends, and Mike, if you remember who it was, please inform me. Uh, they introduced me to this song called uh, The Grunge Song by Corky and the Juice Pigs. I think uh, it was me. Was it you? It might have it it been, been you. Okay. Well, it, it, essentially, the idea was that uh, this ba- band, which is kind of a, a, a comedy band, took the idea of the essential grunge song and distilled it down to its essence. And it's this like soft start, loud chorus, soft start, loud chorus, and then some random unpredictability here and there. It, it, I don't want to ruin the song for anybody, but go listen to it. It's go so listen. good. It, it, it is. Like it is a lot minutes. of fun. It's so good. But it, it, it really does kind of capture what it means to be part of the, the grunge movement. It's that it's this kind of, back and forth between quiet introspection and straight out in your face anger and frustration and one of the so that's one thing and then the other thing i feel like grunge bands really excelled at turning their voices in generally unconventionally rock voices at least at the time you know they, these these weren't like the 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 hair metal pretty boy vocals or the new wave uh really super melodic stuff these are people who were you know maybe the the had similar vocal talents to any of us but somehow learned how to scream and sing at the same time and really put a ton of, of, of passion and power into their voices. Uh, Chris Cornell obviously is amazing at this and maybe only right behind Chris Cornell is, uh, is Kurt Cobain in his ability to do that. And I think no song really encapsulates both of those things, both of those ideas of uh, the ideal grunge song better than lithium. Lithium I have never been able to understand how Kurt Cobain can put so much and communicate so much emotion with just the word. Yeah. The chorus of lithium is literally just the word. Yeah. But you feel so much coming from that just based on the context in which it's, it's, uh, it's sung based on the, the power with which it's sung. As I said in the, the the previous episode, I love Lithium so much. It was my karaoke jam for a long time, and it's it's such a, a great song. And Sarah, I am really, 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 really sorry for dumping this into your lap, but I have to go with Lithium here. It's a one-to-one tie. Does anybody want to use a buzzer beater to sway Sarah one way or another? I'm not sorry at all. This isn't Sarah's lap. I'm 
I'm really interested to see where this is going. I, so I, I say take it away. All right, Sarah, you're up. You dicks. All right, you dicks. This was the hardest decision, I think, in this whole bracket, if I'm looking at map, matchups and even yeah. going forward, that I have to make. So thank you. And I, I don't, I still have yet to make up my mind, but I, I'm kind of leaning in a direction and I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I, I have to say, I feel like lithium is like the Nirvaniest song that ever Nirvana'd, right? Like when you hear lithium, you, it's it's Nirvana. You, you bash out, you, re- you you don't even know the words, you just know to yell, you know to have a good time. I think Bloom or In Bloom to me, sweeter is not the right word because there's still a lot of yelling. But I, I I mean personally, if I'm choosing this personally off of what song I'm going to like more. This is a tough call because again, I think people are going to lose their shit if I don't vote for lithium because it is quintessential Nirvana song. But to those people, I will tell them to listen to In Bloom a little bit more. You guys left this up to me and I'm just going to have the girl answer on this. While lithium gets all the credit, I my personal opinion in a song that I like to listen to more and uh, I've got to go in bloom. That sets up a one versus three seed in the final four in bloom has upset lithium. As we bring this down to the eight seed of dumb Taking on the five seed of Drain You. This is our upset portion of the bracket, and we are starting with Jeff. You know, Sarah, the the real problem here isn't me and Mike disagreeing and sending this to you. The real problem is Chris putting you in the anchor position for the hardest decision in the entire bracket. So blame Chris for creating the order here. Yeah, fuck you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, buddy. We love you. We love you, Chris. Anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, it, it, uh, um, in, it, it, blaming anyone for an interesting discussion about music is quite dumb, as is the winner of this particular matchup for me. Uh, <laughs> I... I I like drain you okay i i mean i i guess i just have never really felt the kind of attachment mike that i know you have to the to to this song uh whereas dumb i i really feel like is a song that can speak to me can speak to anyone um and one that i'll listen to over and over and over again um so dumb gets my vote now, the eight seeds meteoric rise continues. We are bringing this one over to Sarah. Uh, yeah, so I'm sorry what happened last round and people got angry and people said bad things to Chris. Chris, I know it's not your fault. Uh, I apologize. You can send all those angry viewers my way. I made that decision. This one, I, I'm going to make it easy for you, Mike, because I, too, am choosing... Dumb to move along. I, I I said it last time, Drain You. There's not a better intro to any of these songs, I, I feel, personally, than Drain You. But overall, I think Dumb's just a little bit better of a song. Uh, it's something I'm going to listen to a little bit more. So I'm going to give my vote to Dumb. Dumb is moving on. Mike, I want to hear what you think. You know... Sarah, that's okay, because the day is done, but I'm having fun. I think I'm dumb or maybe just happy. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm I, on the record for how much I love Drain You. Uh, I, I had a feeling I would be the lone dissenting vote here, which isn't to take, take anything away from dumb. I was the lone dissenting vote last time. And it's just, it's it's been a matchup thing in both cases, because I think dumb is a great song. 
Uh, and I actually think, uh, I will say this, like as much as I think Drain You is a more interesting song, it's a little, it's more of a, of a, a rock song, you know, it's, it's, it's just a little, it's a little heavier. It's, it gets me a little more pumped up, which is why I'm drawn to it more. But I think from a lyrical perspective, dumb is an absolute masterpiece. So I don't want to take anything away from that, from my vote for drain you here, uh, futile though it might be. And I think this is going to set up a really interesting matchup next round between basically we're going to be deciding what's the best song on in utero. And it's going to be taking on what we decide for what's the best song on nevermind. So this is, this will be fun. Now with that, we know that dumb is moving on to the final four. That brings us to the final selection in the elite eight. Is it going to be the three seed all apologies or the two seed heart shaped box? And I cannot think of a better person to start this off than hearing with what Sarah has to say. This one was pretty easy for me, honestly. I think I I actually kind of find it a little strange that all apologies and heart shape box are going up against three and two uh, respectively, but all, all, all day long on this one, heart shape box for me. I like all apologies. I, I don't want to take anything away from that song. I think it's a great Nirvana song. But there's just so much involved in heart-shaped box. And I feel the tempo is even a little bit slower. So when you don't need that, like, super angry yelling, heart-shaped box to me is just what you gravitate toward. It's still, it's still got the anger. It's still got the madness. It's still grunge. But there's also a little something extra behind it. And I, I, I love the melody of it. I, back in the day when there was music videos to music, I love the music video to this one. So I'm going heart shaped box. Heart shaped box picks up its first vote. Mike, what do you think? Yes, kids, look it up. There was a time when MTV stood for music television and they played music videos. Uh, no, um, when during the last round, when I was discussing the matchup of heart shaped box versus aneurysm, I feel that I might have shortchanged the discussion a little bit and seemed slightly distracted. And that was because I spilled my beer. Uh, so I just want to throw that out there in case uh, anybody's wondering the, uh, I actually, I think this is a great matchup. Uh, when I was looking at the bracket and I was filling out my bracket, uh, this evening, uh, shortly before we started the discussion, I was, I was going, Ah, shit. I cannot believe that I set it up such that basically all the in utero songs pretty much are on the one side of the bracket. But I actually I, I think that that is kind of poetic in a way, because as I mentioned in the previous with uh, vote, it's going to set up this in utero versus nevermind matchup, which I think is really cool. Uh, no, I agree with Sarah. Ultimately, I think that um, as much as I love all apologies heart shape box oh it's it's so good i love the way that it builds it, uh you know it just starts off with a do 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 like and it just builds up into the chorus and then like hey wait uh, so i mentioned in the in the last round that um uh, my unfortunate channeling of of polly before i corrected myself but not long before that uh my my daughter abby she was playing with two of her toys and uh like you know she's just making conversations with her toys and one of her toys said to the other toy hey wait and i'm in the next room and immediately without even thinking about it i started going i've got a new complaint for it i, I did <laughs> and then i was just like oh my gosh Ma, you're an idiot but you know so my daughter's gonna have a really weird musical like knowledge somewhere in her subconscious and i'm okay with that um I've mentioned before how hilarious I think Nirvana's lyrics are that I don't think they give credit for and forever indebted to your priceless advice. Again, in terms of just sardonic, like, like just cutting lyrics, it's hard to beat that. It's, it's so good. Um, so I'm also giving my vote to heart shape box, making this really easy on Jeff, but, uh, there you go. Two nil for heart shape box, Jeff. I mean, I don't know how much I have to add here. Uh, they, uh, I'm not sure I can uh, defend all apologies particularly eloquently enough because my heart wouldn't be in it. 
Uh, I agree with Mike and Sarah. Um, Heart Shaped Box is the better song. It's the more interesting song. It's the uh, the the. Uh, it is in many ways. I feel like masterpiece is a silly word to use for a four-minute song, but I feel like at with that song, Cobain had reached kind of the highest point he would of lyric writing, of songwriting. It's a beautifully constructed song. Uh, the even if it's not a traditionally beautiful song, there's a lot of dissonance and some really weird chord changes and uh, notes and noise that are almost intended to throw you off of what you you think a song should sound like, which is just truly impressive uh, of songcraft. So, yes, Heart Shaped Box is the clear an obvious choice here. I, I agree with my fellow panelists. Now, Heart Shaped Box picks up a sweep as we are moving to our final four. We have got three selections left, ladies and gentlemen, and we're going to start with a really tough matchup. It's your one seed, Smells Like Teen Spirit, taking on your three seed of In Bloom. Mike, get your head out of your hand and make your pick. Sorry, I just realized I was going to be the first one here. And honestly, my first thought was, uh, oh, fudge. Only I didn't say fudge. I said, fuck, because this is a tough, tough decision. Oh, my gosh. I, I actually, I anticipated this matchup. I didn't anticipate it, but it was, it was the matchup and how I filled up my bracket uh, but I did anticipate it was probably going to be Teen Spirit versus either In Bloom or Lithium. And gosh, I don't know how to completely do this. This is these. Th this is the one-two punch, right? This is these are the two songs that Nirvana said. This is our album that we're you know we're going to put out there. We're going to you know, master it, get it, get it really well mastered and have it sound nice and clean and shiny, but still grungy. And these are the first two songs that we're going to propel out to the masses. Smells like teen spirit, first track in bloom, second track, bam, bam. And they're both such good songs and such good encapsulations of Nirvana as a band. And this is ridiculous. Possibly. But the way that I am ultimately making this decision is coming down to the guitar solo. I, this, this is totally spontaneous. This just popped into my head. And the guitar solo for Smells Like Teen Spirit, as great as it is, is one of those. We're going to play the notes of that I sing in the verses, we're just, but we're just going to do it with a guitar. Meanwhile, in Bloom has this incredibly like dissonant raging kind of guitar solo where it's just like to borrow from spinal tap we're cranking the distortion up to 11 and we're just going to create this like crazy dissonance and we start off with this like wall this like raging sound sort of thing and then we bring it into this melodic thing and it builds right back into the chorus again where he's screaming he's the one it's so wonderfully executed and it so encapsulates their ability to do that it's it's just beautiful in its in its dissonance and i i do wonder a little bit if it's like smells like teen spirit has been the nirvana song for so long we come to take it for granted but i love that about in bloom and so i'm giving my vote to in bloom and with that in bloom has taken a one to nil lead Jeff, what do you think? Woo. Man, y'all don't make these choices easy, do you? Um, obviously, both great songs. We've said a lot of, of great things about it, uh, about both of them throughout this whole uh, podcast. It's It's... 
I don't know how to choose between these songs. Part of me is tempted to just make Sarah do it. But honestly, Mike, what you said about the guitar solo had me thinking about the drum track. Uh, And both Smells Like Teen Spirit and In Bloom have that steering wheel pounding uh, drum track that uh, only exists in a few places. You know, there's some certain songs that come on radio and, you know, you know you're playing the drums on the goddamn steering wheel because that's just how it works. Uh, Phil Collins in the air tonight, I think, is the classic uh, uh, iteration of that particular thing. But both of these songs, you know you're playing the at the beginning of uh, of Smells Like Teen Spirit. You know you're playing the at the in uh, in the breaks of In Bloom. I, I kind of feel like the drums are still more powerful all the way throughout In Bloom, though. Uh, they, they kind of fade in uh, to uh, to Smells Like Teen Spirit. Maybe it's the simplicity of Smells Like Teen Spirit that's getting me here because. In Bloom, I, I, I feel like it's it's a better crafted song. Uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit is raw and passionate and emotional. It's great. I just, I, I kind of enjoy listening and picking out more interesting things about In Bloom uh, as I listen to it. So, yeah, I'll make this easy on you, Sarah. I'm going to vote In Bloom and move it on to the final. And with that, our other number one seed is gone. Smells Like Teen Spirit has been eliminated in bloom, moving on to the championship game. Sarah, are Jeff and Mike correct to eliminate the one seed this early? Uh, Well, thank you, Jeff. And also, what the hell do you guys have against Smells Like Teen Spirit? That's what I want to know. No, I- I'm kidding. I actually was dreading this, and I thought that you were not going to throw me a bone, and I was going to have to make this decision. And again, it comes down to Nirvana's song or Nirvana's probably better song, but people just don't get behind it. And I, I-, I agree with you. If it was split, I would have had a much more difficult time. My heart puts me uh, in bloom, so in bloom moving forward. But, like, God, quit killing smells like teen spirit. People are going (laughs) to think we don't know good music because everyone else loves it. The three seed moving on to the championship game. We have to figure out what it's going to be facing. Is it going to be the amazing eight seed of dumb which has somehow found a way to topple not only a one seed but a five seed to get to the semifinals it's taking on the two seed in the i believe has swept two straight rounds of heart-shaped box dumb heart-shaped box and we're starting off with jeff one of the things i appreciate the most about certain works of art whether it's a movie or a song or a book is when you can experience it multiple times and pull different things out of it each of those times uh there's certain i i'm thinking it can be even you know anything from you know for example you're picking up something different in a margaret atwood book that you you know you miss this one beautiful uh description of this one thing because you were busy caught up in uh, a really engaging storyline it could even be something as, as simple as uh you know you're reading hitchhiker's Gal- guide to the galaxy for the 74th time and oh yeah you missed this one joke the other 73 times uh, <laughs> yes I, I realize mike that i should have said the 42nd time but I, uh, I I I missed that opportunity, uh, just like you missed the opportunity to put lithium as a three seed. Uh, <laughs> anyway, what I'm trying to get at here is that heart shaped box is that kind of, of 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 work of art to me. It is something where I can listen to the lyrics and feel a different thing each time. Is it? 
about a relationship with a mother? Is it about a relationship with a wife? Is it about the birth of a child? Is it, does it, where is all of this angst and whatnot coming from? How are all of these various stresses in your life combining to form this this one particular thing? And you can also do that with the music from Heart Shaped Box as well. It's, it, it's uh, you know, as I mentioned in the last round, this kind of beautifully crafted, unexpectedly uh, uh, somewhat dissonant, somewhat harmonic uh, song that I, I feel like I could listen to Heart Shaped Box 10, 15 times in a row and just never get bored because I'm always finding this other thing and this other thing and this other thing that's in it. So I'm sorry, Dom, I love you, but uh, Heart Shaped Box is, uh, is just the clear choice here for me. Heart Shaped Box picks up its first vote. Sarah, what do you want to go with? I love the fact that Dumb had so many upsets. I think I felt super weird about it, but I voted for it over Come As You Are. And I, I love that it has made it to this point. But I I do feel at the end of the day, I have to agree with Jeff on this one. Not to be super lame, but like my heart goes to heart-shaped box. Um, it's always been one of my favorite Nirvana songs. And just a wonderful song in general, which, you know, confused. I have so many feelings right now. So I'm going to put my vote in for Heart Shaped Box. And then I'm going to finish chugging my beer uh, for the next round. All right. And with that, we're going over to Mike. I think chugging beer is a wise decision for this final matchup. Um yeah, I'm going to give Heart Shape Box the sweep, but I do want to give a brief shout to Dumb, uh, given that I've voted against it in both rounds and now three rounds. I don't want to take anything away from that song. I think it's I, I I've tried to speak eloquently about it in the previous rounds, but I think it's so good. And something that springs into my mind as I'm thinking about it now is actually something that uh I think we mentioned uh, my and Jeff's other college roommate before, Ben. Uh, he once made an observation about this song, and I don't remember what other song he channeled, but he was he was he mentioned some other song that had like this really like roundabout way of saying something about their about their. It was it was the early two thousands, and it was like it was this it was another one of these self loathing sort of songs, and he was like, yeah, it had this really roundabout way of saying, it. and he goes. Honestly, like if I'm looking for that type to channel that type of energy, nothing to me tops Kurt Cobain just going, I think I'm dumb. I think I'm dumb over and over again. And he, and the way that he said it has always stuck with me with that song. I think it's such a powerful song. Uh, I think Heart Shaped Box is just a more powerful song. I, th uh, musically, I think it is. And I think just, um, We'll talk about it a little more in the in the upcoming matchup, but I just think the general concept of like the sense of a heart shaped box and what that means in terms of what it means to love somebody is such a powerful image that Kurt Cobain conjures there. And it goes back to what Jeff said about the way you can feel so many different things about what this song means at different phases of your life or even at different times of the day is incredible um and i genuinely don't know how i'm going to make this decision in the next round but uh i am going to give heart shape box the sweep here and i'm going to chug my beer now the sweep we do have is everyone is preparing for a very very tough decision here your three seed versus your two seed moving into the championship game is it going to be the three seed in bloom the two seed heart shaped box and we're going to start with Sarah's pick. Okay. All right. I'm not upset that I'm going first because I'm not the end all to this, to this madness that's going on right now because I am torn in so many directions. 
I have voted for In Bloom every round, and I have voted for Heart Shaped Box in every round. And they are both deserving to be here. And they're actually pretty similar to me in, in my mind, just as like the melody goes and stuff as far. So that kind of surprises me uh, seeing these two here together. Um, but I'm just, I'm going to rip this shit off like a Band-Aid. And I don't know that I have any great explanation as to why I'm choosing this because it, it's a difficult decision. And... I, I just can't. There's so many great reasons that both of these to deserve to be number one. So, crap. Um, oh, man. Okay, I, I was going to say in bloom, and then I looked down at my sheet again. I, I've got to go heart-shaped box. I'm cutting it. I have no great reason why other than I just, I love that song. Uh, I love in bloom. I'm not making this choice, though. I chugged the beer. I'm sorry. This one's on you guys. Just know that neither of you are wrong because I think of all the brackets we've had to do, these two might be the toughest choice I've ever had to make. So go with that. Heart-shaped box picks up its first vote. Mike, as you turn your eyes towards the sky, give me your pick. Oh, I. Uh, this is the championship in my humble opinion i i put the bracket together but i didn't fill it out I, I put the bracket together sent it out didn't fill it out until tonight and when i filled it out this was my championship like sarah i picked in bloom in every round and i picked heart shape box in every round and this was my championship and in my opinion i think this is the matchup of the two best nirvana songs In, and I think it's such an interesting matchup because Nevermind was kind of Nirvana's conscious attempt to make poppy is the clearly wrong word, but they were trying to make a more accessible album. And In Bloom is a very accessible song that rings some dissonance out, out of its accessibility. And by contrast, In Utero was their retaliation against Nevermind, where they decided we're going to make a dissonant album. And Heart Shaped Box is where they ring, like, happiness. That's probably the wrong word, but, like, they ring accessibility out of dissonance. And that makes this such an interesting matchup. And I don't know how to... I don't know how to make that decision based on that. It is a very, very interesting matchup. I think that, I think when it comes down to it, lyrically, I think these songs are both very interesting. Musically, I think they're both interesting. The music that stays with me more from these two songs is the music from in bloom so i'm not trying to be a dick <laughs> i'm not trying to you know put force a bunch of tension into this or anything like that i've got to give my vote to in bloom here by the slimmest of margins these are the two best nirvana songs in my opinion this is a fantastic championship matchup where whatever jeff picks can't go wrong this has been great I can't wait to hear what he has to say. With that being said, we are bringing it over to Jeff. Before we do, Sarah, Mike, do we have a buzzer beater we want to lodge? I don't. I just want to say, Jeff, no matter what you choose, you're right. And <laughs> I don't think neither Mike or I, us are going to have any issues with it. You know, there's those are some words that Jeff wishes his wife would say that Jeff, no matter what you choose, you would be right. But that's only going to happen here at the Boozy Bracketology Podcast. Jeff, stop laughing and cast your deciding vote. All right, I'm going to stall for time here for a second. Uh, all right, because of course you are. On Sorry. March 31st, 2017, the University of Connecticut Huskies. 
took a 111 game winning streak into the semifinal game of the national championship. They had won three straight championships up to that point. And they lost because some five foot five crazy son of a bitch made a buzzer beater at the uh, at the end of the game. Uh, Mississippi State was the team that beat them. They would go on to lose to South Carolina in the final that year. Um, now some five foot five crazy son of a bitch has destroyed heart shaped boxes run as uh, no one had voted against it for this entire bracket. Until Mike just did right then, so I want. How I wanna, dare you, sir? I'm five foot five and a half. <laughs> I want to congratulate you on being the Morgan William of this bracket. Uh, <laughs> but this is an incredibly difficult decision. Um, unlike most of the games that UConn faced during that 111 uh, game run, uh, there there are no easy decisions in this bracket. There were no, you know, seventy-point shellackings of South Florida. There were just sixteen great songs by a great band, and it's difficult to choose the 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 winner. But choose, I have to, and. I will keep coming back to the idea of a song that you can pull something new out of over and over and over again. In Bloom is a great song. It's a powerful, fun listen. Uh, but Heart Shaped Box, man, you you just cannot listen to that song two straight times the same way. It's it, it's a uh, it's such a, a complex and haunting and impressive piece of songcraft that I think uh, it would be the deserving champion of one of the most challenging brackets that we've, <laughs> I think, this show has had. So let's give it to Heart Shaped Box. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, maybe they'll continue their win streak. Unlike UConn, uh, hey. uh which has not won the championship since, uh, the, uh, um, heart shaped box, despite its trip up in the final round, will still, uh, take home the trophy. Well, I have good news is that I actually do not have a new complaint. Heart shaped box is your champion. That was not easy, ladies and gentlemen. And speaking of being not easy, we're going to have a new bracket next month, so don't forget to tune in here at the Boozy Bracketology Podcast. There are a lot of things that are going to be coming down the pike between the Boozy Bracketology Podcast and the Pub Trivia Experience Podcast. Find them anywhere you get podcasts. If you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and write us a review. That would be awesome. With all of that being said, Heart Shaped Box is the best Nirvana song ever made, as determined by Sarah, Mike, and Jeff. We will see you next time with another episode of the Boozy Bracketology Podcast. I have been your host, Chris. I have been Sarah. I have been Mike. And I have been and technically still am Jeff. Technicalities abound. Congratulations to Heart Shaped Box. Everyone have a great evening. <laughs>